0: Everyone. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and this is the Asher Marketing Podcast. And my very special guest for this episode is Tiffany Carrillo. Tiffany, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I am doing great. Thank you for joining me remotely. You are a new mom. How is how's the baby doing? Let's talk about the baby.
1: Let's do. She's great. She's going to turn one in less than a month,
0: okay. and
1: everyone says it. Um, and everyone says what I'm about to say. Uh, but time does go by so fast. Uh-huh. In the blink of an eye, all of a sudden you're they're flopping around, and then they're wanting to feed themselves and run away from you and smack you around.
0: <laughs> so how has the first year been? I remember when my son Alex was born, almost 22 years ago. It was just chaos all the time because I was relearning how to do everything with a human that I was somewhat responsible for. How has your first year been?
1: Well, it's been a juggle since she was born kind of at the tail end of the COVID shutdown when we were starting to open things back up. Yep. So it's, it's been pretty fluid, actually. If you would have asked me this question three, four months in, I would have had some different answers. But now after a year, it's felt it's my normal now. So I think it's just, it's been flowing together well. I'm a little afraid for the toddler stage. Everyone, that's the new warning I'm getting from everyone. But you know, every stage I find is my favorite stage. Well, good. That continues to flow.
0: Well, that is good. I hope that continues into perpetuity. And you always think of every stage as your favorite stage.
1: Yes, fingers crossed.
0: All right. Well, we are not here to talk about babies. We're here to talk about work stuff. And as you know, on this podcast, we talk about three things. We talk about your career path the place where you work, and some of the stuff you are working on. And you are unique among most of our guests. I think there's one other example of this, but you've worked most of your career at one place, and that one place is Azure Agency. But what I would like you to do is I did my usual, very in-depth research, which consisted of spending about 20 seconds on your LinkedIn profile. And I guess I didn't realize that you, I knew you worked at Subway, but I didn't realize you had another internship. So what I would like you to do is I would like to get out of your way and have you talk about where you grow up, how did you end up at Ball State, and what have you done since you finished at Ball State?
1: Yeah, well, I was born and raised in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And of course, that's where Asher's home base is, and that's where I still am now. Um, How I got to moving into Ball State, I, I knew I wanted to go to college. And I wanted to to leave Fort Wayne for it, but I didn't want to go too far. And Ball State being an hour and a half max, that was my kind of automatic go-to. And it did help, too, that my close aunt, she graduated from Ball State as well. Okay. And my my first internship, thinking far back now, um, that was when I was still in high school. Okay. And I went to Anthos Career Center downtown for half days my junior and senior year. Okay. And I, it, for those that don't know what Anthos Career Center is, it's a separate school from your traditional high school where you can pick select career paths and learn more about them prior to going into college. So I did a multimedia slash TV production course there for those two years, and that is what connected me to my first internship, which was at Accutemp Products. They make griddles. Uh, for different locations and they even uh, package griddles and drop them off via airplane at military bases.
0: So, wow, I didn't even know that was a thing that happened. Yeah. Wow! Well, when you okay. think
1: about it, they need they need equipment and they can't just kind of pack it up with them and ship yep. it with them every time. So yeah, that was an interesting internship there. I worked on some basic um, art design direction, which okay. is a lot different from what I do now. Yeah, I was helping them work on with take photos of their workers and Photoshop them, make them look nice, etc. All
0: right. So you knew from somewhat of an early age that you wanted to go into some kind of communication slash marketing field. Is that correct?
1: I did. And it was by process of elimination.
0: Mm -hmm. I didn't fully
1: know what I wanted to do. I know that I didn't want to do anything in the medical field or the legal field. Yeah. So this, obviously, communications, advertising, marketing was in that bucket that was left. There was so a lot left.
0: Not, yeah. Why not medical or legal?
1: At the time, I just didn't think that I had the emotional capacity to deal with the things that come from those careers. Okay. Now, every right. career is stressful, but those two careers specifically involve close relationships with people, and I just didn't think I could handle it.
0: All right. Well, that's that's actually a mature thing to decide that you don't have the ability to do that. So that's great. So, what was it that, other than process of elimination, was there anything that attracted you to the world you are still in that you said, yeah, that might be something I want to do?
1: This answer might seem a little general. Um, when I was in the process of thinking that, going doing number one, the process of elimination, and then thinking, okay, what else? Because there's a lot left. There's engineering. There's advertising. Uh, I found myself just as I was driving and thinking. Uh, I was more found myself more interested in billboards mm-hmm. and thinking through like how did someone come up with that messaging for that concept and what was the goal uh, when they were first putting it together. So yeah. that that was in my brain um, at the time as well. And so I went to visit Ball State during a summer orientation before I had selected that college. I knew I was interested in it. And then they gave us the list of different majors you can select. Yeah. And I crossed out all the ones I'd know that I don't want. Yeah. And then the first thing on the list after that was advertising. I'm like, huh, okay. Yeah. I'll do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I ended up as an accounting major in my first semester of college. Although there was no process of elimination, I was just terrified and didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was like, accounting is first on the list, accounting it shall be. And that right. ended up as a terrible decision. So I'm glad your decision went better. So- you finish at Ball State, but somewhere along the line, you were an Asher intern. So tell me about when that was and what that was like. And what about that made you say, this is a place I might want to work? And was there anything you were like, I'm not so sure I want to be there?
1: <laughs> well, part of our curriculum at Ball State was a required internship. So some uh-huh. hands-on experience. And I knew I wanted to come home for the summer. Um, and it was the summer between my junior and senior year. So I I just looked at the advertising agencies in Fort Wayne and and shoved my way through. Um, I know that at Asher it was a lot of close connections that got, that landed people with the internships. But at the time when I looked at the site, I noticed every single person listed three things that they believe in. Because mm-hmm. that was the Asher theme or tagline, if you will. Yep. So I did a nice note to Karen, who was our HR at the time, and I. Gave her my three things I believe in, and that struck a chord. Nice. And did there. So, yeah, I, internship, I interned there at Asher the summer of 2011. And yeah. I actually got a, an email from Karen before, prior to my holiday break, my three-week holiday break, asking if I could come back and intern for that three weeks as well. Nice. So that flowed nicely. And then a month before graduation, I was actually contacted by Tim Borney owned the agency at the time and offered me a job. So nice. it really flowed. I'm, I'm very blessed and very lucky with how my career path has flowed
0: thus far. Yeah, now, do you remember the three things you believed in in that initial communication?
1: Oh, we are diving into 11 years ago. I yeah. do know.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's not a fair question. I do remember that one of mine was, I believe I'll have the salmon. That was one of the things I believed in. So.
1: Nice. Oh, you know, I actually remember one now. It was, I believe you don't have to attend every argument you're invited to.
0: Oh, boy, I like that. Wow, that's held up really well over time. Good job. So you do the internship, and then you go back to school for a time. Mm -hmm. You're working part-time at Subway while you're in school, correct? Correct. And how do you end up at Asher full-time?
1: Well, I got really lucky in the sense that that internship for the summer went well. And then Karen invited me back for that winter holiday break. Yep. And as the end of the year approaches, I had one year of school left between my summer long internship and graduation. And yep. they knew um, I, I stayed in contact with a couple people at Asher throughout my last year. Yep. And then Tim Borney, there was hap- just so happened to be an opening. It was a media buyer or media assistant uh, to the media buyer position that was open. And so Tim emailed me and, asked if I'd be interested. So I came in for a short interview, and given the close relationship with the entire group at Asher, it flowed that way. I will say, uh, two days before I was supposed to start, Tom Borney called me and uh, changed my path from okay. a media assistant media buyer to an account service for our Subway client. All right. so Two days before I started, my entire role changed.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to say, I didn't remember you ever being a media assistant. So I guess my memory is okay then. All right. So you you take that role. What's it like working with, talk about the work you did with Subway, because that was a big part of your work for the majority of the time you've been with Asher. But now, obviously, you're doing other stuff, which we'll get to. But what was it like working with one of the biggest brands in the world right out of the gate?
1: It was... Baptism by fire, I think, is the, the terminology when you're jumping into, I guess you don't know what you're expecting when you're getting into the professional work field in general. But yeah. when it comes to working with a franchise client in our capacity, to where it's more it feels that role is more than advertising and marketing, there's a lot of operations and political workings in that relationship. Yeah. So it was. It was a lot, um, but it was exciting. It was never, there was never a dull moment. There was always something to do and it felt like you were doing something new every day. And I think that being my first client in the AE role kind of helped mold the position I wanted to be in and helped me realize what I do and don't like Mm -hmm. about a position, a professional position. Yeah. Yeah. And what I found myself, recurringly experiencing I would say in the first three years when I was trying to get my footing and understand this world was that I I felt in multiple departments of people that I was talking to whether that's internal or external with the client there was a lot of recurring problems and I, I found myself thinking man if we could just come up with a solution it would save so much time for all groups of people and we could yeah. all operate more efficiently and be happier in general. And so that's kind of where I, that's when I realized I want to be the person to solve the problems. Cause I didn't see anybody doing it big picture because everyone is so busy every day, just making it through. I was like, okay, I want to be the person that finally steps up and starts solving the problems.
0: Yeah. So, so addressing it at the root cause instead of, just kind of dealing with the problem over and over again yeah yeah
1: Yeah. you realize after three conversations of someone saying man we should develop this to help us get to this solution after having that conversation about we need a solution multiple times you just want i wanted to fill the spot and be like i I will make the solution
0: yeah yeah all right so Um, I'm going to switch gears for just a second. I want to come back to a similar place because of the work you're doing today. But before I do that, I kind of want to hear your take on Asher. Obviously, I work there and I've worked there for 17 years and I have my own take on it. And we've had other of our coworkers now and then on the podcast. But what, what do you tell people when they ask you about Asher? What are some of the things that have kept you there as long as you've been there? And what are some of the quirks that people might not know about that you think would be interesting?
1: Let's see. Well, what's kept me at Asher? I feel like whenever I wanted my position to change, Asher has allowed for that. Um, mm-hmm. I've never felt pigeonholed into one thing. Yeah. If I said, example, like I was just saying, I said, I found what I am passionate about is solving the problems, making processes and procedures to help everybody out instead of just going, great, well, we need you to do this other thing. Yeah. Uh, Asher was like, well, let's figure out how we implement that in your role so you can do the things that you want to do. But also still, like, I'm there to get the stuff done that the agency needs done. Yeah. But Asher just continually evolves my my role to fit what I'm passionate about and what yeah. I care about. So yeah. there's never been a reason for me to step out and try and grow somewhere else when I can grow where I'm already at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. And you've done a lot of different things, for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. and. For quirks, quirks at Asher. It's hard for me to compare. I don't have anything to compare it to in terms yeah. of a place to work at because I, yeah. I started right after college. But, hmm. I mean, I don't have any quirks. But again, the things I just love about Asher is the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never felt like I'm stranded on an island alone. There are certainly times where we're all incredibly busy, and yeah. you feel like you can't catch up. Sure. But when you finally, when you, when you raise your hand, as long as you raise your hand, there's always someone to help you. And we're a close group of people never feels like you're, you're my coworker. It feels like you're Anthony, my friend and my mentor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of, of the solving problems thing, you recently have taken on a new role and I want to hear about both ends of the equation because you, you still do account stuff. You still do project management and client relationships And strategy, but you also now have an operations role, the thing that you've kind of found a passion in. So let's talk about both. Tell me on the account side, not working with Subway anymore, but you're working with Fantastic Sam's, which is another large national franchise business. Let's talk about that, other clients you've worked on or, or work on now, and then I want to spend some time talking about the operations end of it because I think that'll be pretty interesting for people to hear about. Both will, but let's start with the account piece. So what are you working on, and what does that look like right now?
1: Yeah, right now my main client, like you mentioned, is Fantastic Sam's Cut & Color. They're a national franchise brand with um, over 1,000 stores across the U.S. and different pockets of markets. Yep. And so every every market, so region, if you will, has a select elected group of owners to work with agency partners and make decisions and approve decisions mm-hmm. for, mar- for marketing spend. So I work yep. with a number of those markets from LA to Providence. Okay. And I'm also now working with Knox Company.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They are a safety company that does smoke alarms and CO alarms.
0: Okay.
1: And a handful of up, smaller clients, those are the two bigger ones um some smaller ones would be individual subway owners on recruitment needs. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So so you have kind of mastered the art of for multi-location businesses helping them coordinate efforts and have a consistent brand. Is that a fair statement?
1: Yeah, that's fair. So you're you're taking that bigger brand voice and localizing it. Making sure the message the messaging is consistent to yeah to be the best for the entire brand, but localizing yeah. it and making it true to that specific owner or, or salon or person.
0: All right. Okay, so the account side is pretty traditional for an agency and it's something Asher has obviously always had, but the new thing is the operations side, which is, I be, you know, my experience is it's something we've always needed, but it was kind of the thing that we would get around to when we had extra time, and now we're making it a priority. So so talk to me a little bit about your role in that, what you're focused on, and what successes and challenges you've seen in the time you've been in that role.
1: Yeah, like you mentioned, it's always been something that we wanted to get to, but didn't have the time to make it a priority because we were working on delivering for our clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so the priorities that are the reason why I wanted to do this is I saw I took a step back and I just wanted to look at the agency as a whole and see how can we make things more efficient? Like I mentioned, we're all like moving as fast as we can, getting things done strategically um, and in the best way on the proper budget and the proper timeline. And that's a lot to do in general, especially when we are working with a number of clients who have quick turn tasks. So I wanted to say, how can we make, how can we deliver on all of our our clients needs in the proper timeframe? and still maintain new things that come into the funnel without harming the quality of our work anywhere. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So I I realized that the first thing was establishing the foundation for us. So we have, we're a full service ad agency. So we have our account service team who communicates with the clients. And then we have our creative team, our media teams, our web teams that help do their section. And then we kind of pull it all together to tell a cohesive story. And I realized our AEs kind of get the information through the funnel to those departments in different ways. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that we have to do in order to save time all around is get that information to the agency in that same form and fashion. So we're cutting out the time that our team spends translating the information the way they need it yeah. and just diving right into working on um, our our clients' projects right away. Versus admin, no no, no more admin um, and guesswork before we yeah. start
0: work. Yeah, well, and, and I would say that when I started at Asher, it was a luxury to have systems that saved you some, times and, some time and now it's a necessity. Just as, as labor intensive as the work has gotten and as, you know, as difficult as the work has gotten, you need every minute you can get. And some of the things you're putting in place are helping us do that. Mm -hmm. So talk about some of the systems and protocols and other things you're working on that are designed to make Azure more efficient and ultimately better at what we do.
1: Yeah, this year we just implemented um, Trello. Now Trello is a project management and collaborative team tool. online, And that's been uh, the tool that we've decided to implement. And that's kind of the beginning opening of our funnel we yeah. start jobs there, and we communicate timelines, processes, procedures, next steps, um, and deliverables via that system.
0: So how did we get to Trello and and why Trello? I, I will admit I have become a huge fan of Trello. I love it. It makes sense to me. It, it didn't always make sense to me. I wasn't against it, but I didn't get it until it was sort of forced upon us. Here's what we're going to be using, and I'm enough of an independent soul that I was like, well, if it's being forced upon me, it can't be any good. And then I was like, oh, no, this is actually great. So tell me a little bit about how we got there and why Trello is is a good answer for us.
1: Yeah, it was certainly a process. Um, So it started out with our teams doing a a larger team outside of just me uh, doing an audit on all the different project management systems out there from Microsoft teams to webvantage which is a, um, a a maybe not a larger well-known system Trello a plethora of things I want to say that there were over 10 different yep. tools that we audited and yep. we did trials we did trial um attempts with those so we didn't have to pay for any of those initiatives and we yep. did see full jobs throughout each yep. one and we ended up getting to Trello because that's what our web team actually used uh, in with their internal communications. Yeah. So knowing that our team was familiar with it and after the audit, it just made sense that tool did. Now, other systems could work for other people, but we took sure. Trello and their nice baseline format. We were able to kind of manipulate it and turn it into a nice template for how we need to work. There's a lot of ways that you can... Operate in Trello, but you, yeah. finding the way that it worked for our team um, was part of that process as well.
0: Yeah, so Trello is obviously a big piece. You mentioned it's kind of where the the funnel starts. What are some other key tools that and and strategies that you've identified that are either in place or going to be in place?
1: Uh, another tactic we implemented was getting our entire um, agency on Teams. So mm-hmm. previously, before the pandemic. We had a couple shared conference line accounts via GoToMeeting. And with everyone needing uh, more lines open for conference calls, given the remote working atmosphere, we implemented teams so everyone had their own individual conference lines. So that was more of a kind of a basic foundation that maybe we're a little bit behind on as an agency because we yeah. never needed it. Yeah. So that was a nice uh, flip of the switch there.
0: Yeah, well, and in, in my experience is that a lot of things happened in person. We were using phone calls, and one of the things I'm most happy about about the current state of the world is that phone conferences are kind of gone because they always sucked. It was just a matter of how bad is this going to suck. And video conference lends itself to more accountability, better involvement, not perfect, but it's certainly harder to check out if people can see you. So. Um, that's an improvement that I think that, you know, we certainly had to get there. But I think a lot of organizations were in the same place where video conference was kind of an afterthought, and now it's at the forefront. So um, Teams is in the mix. Trello is in the mix. We use Slack, too. Can you talk about your vision for, you know, we've got email, Slack, Trello, Teams, face to face, carrier pigeon, fax machine, all this other stuff we've always had. What's your vision for how our team is using these tools and avoiding duplication and avoiding confusion in terms of what do you use when?
1: That was the big thing. When we first decided as an agency that we were gonna focus on operations and actually make a standard operating procedure for the agency and implement different tools, the different tools was kind of a fear factor with everyone because change isn't, no one really loves change when it comes to their day-to-day operations. Yep. Um and people are more more willing to ta- to jump on uh, a new system than not. So what we've done is clearly define how we operate in each system. Yep. So we do have Slack, like you mentioned. Slack is more of our internal communications tool with just basic chat. We don't talk about specific client projects in Slack. It's more of a hey, do you have 50 minutes to chat at this time? Yep. Or um, asking someone to go to lunch, you know, anything that you would pick up the phone and call um, just to get a quick answer on something, or if you'd send normally a group text, it's all happening in Slack. That's kind of yeah. our catch-all, but not project-related. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. And then Trello, that's where we every team project that goes into our agency funnel happens there. And every without getting to too many details on what Trello is and how it works, um, every project has an identified card. And all the information lives on that card, whether it's attachments or it's um, core information or just chatting about that specific job. It all happens there, Mm -hmm. and that keeping the job-specific information in Trello and then general chatter about non non non-project stuff in Slack that helps us keep things together and doesn't dedupe or um, it. It takes um, the duplication out of it there. And email, instead of a plethora of internal emails kind of bombarding you, email is solely kept for vendor communications and client communications.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and, and I'll admit that Slack was a frustration for me until we started using Trello. Because I was like, this is just a duplication of what we do in email. We're having... We're not having better conversations. We're just having more conversations because people are repeating what they're saying on email and Slack. And I was super frustrated to the point of being almost checked out on Slack. Some of that is me just being difficult. But once I knew, I'm like, okay, Trello is where I talk about projects. Slack is where I have internal communication. If it's not about a project and email is everything else, it now makes a lot of sense. I get less email in a productive way where... What I can do that I wasn't fully capable or willing to do before is, like, I'm going to turn off email for two hours, and I'm going to focus on this project. I still spend too many days, too much time in email, but that's me. It's not because of the system. So I really think it makes a lot of sense now, and that's obviously a compliment to you and the others who worked on this because it, it's made me more productive and made it you know, a little less frustrating along the way.
1: Yeah. And then the final system that we've implemented so far, like we mentioned earlier, is Teams. And that's solely kept for conferencing. Teams has a lot of functionality with that similar to Slack and maybe some similar to Trello as well. But we only use it for conferencing. Um, Very, very clear identifiers. And what I have found throughout this process is if you're going to have multiple tools for your team, clearly identify how you're supposed to use it and how you're not supposed to
0: use it. Yeah. Yep, no, I think that's great. And now we're using Teams to record podcast episodes. So there and you there go. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to, is anything else about the work you're doing that you want to make sure you, you talk about or that you think is interesting um, from your perspective?
1: I, I love the operations stuff. What I've noticed is what I liked before is that people felt comfortable enough around me and my work atmosphere to vent about mm. things taking too long or like just some of their pain, daily pain points. And the yeah. venting has gone down. I've, I've seen, after implementing some of these things, I've seen the tension and the confusion finally start to subside. Yeah. And, yeah. and now I'm chipping away at those problems that I, I've always wanted to get to. I find it, I find it a lot of fun.
0: Oh, good. Oh, and I good. didn't
1: know this, if it wasn't for have starting on the subway account that we talked about, I mean, I originally jumped into my career path as a media buyer, that changed to an account person. And if it wasn't for being, I think, on that account and experiencing the various levels of things, I wouldn't have realized so soon that the operations side of things is where I'd want to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, I want to jump into a few quick questions, the speed round of the show, if you will, where you provide pithy tweetable answers to very specific questions. Oh, um, I'm going to ask you two that you're probably expecting and then one that's a little bit of a curveball. So the first question is about career path. You've obviously worked mostly at one place, but you've had the opportunity to do different things to decide to stay at Asher and, and evolve here. What's the one most important lesson you've learned about building a career. You know, I'll say that one of the things that impresses me most about you is that you have authority at a fairly young age. Like you just sent an email to people and said, this is mandatory training. And part of my brain is like, who is Tiffany to tell me it's mandatory? And I'm like, I better be there because it's mandatory. So you have built up credibility where you can move things how do you do that? What have you learned about building a career path that has given you that credibility? Or what's the thing you most want people to know about how you can be successful in a career?
1: I think the key thing is to be confident but humble. Um, If you aren't confident, ask the questions. Don't be afraid to ask the questions. And if you know someone is wrong about a specific topic, be strategic in how you approach that. Yeah. you need to you need to make sure the correct things are happening, but you also need to make sure you're maintaining your relationships with people because that's how you need to gain trust um, and make sure that you're coming across as a as a person that people will confide in, because that will only help you in the long run. If you if you come off as overly confident, that can turn into cocky and people just won't build trust with you, which ultimately yeah. might make it where they don't listen to you either.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good advice. The second question, this is one I did not prepare you for, but my sense is you probably have a good answer because you have a good answer for everything. What have you learned about being a mom that has changed the way you think about work?
1: Oh, good question.
0: And if you want to stall and pause on that, I can ask the question a different way and give you some time to think about it.
1: Let's do that.
0: So in other words, you had a child nearly a year ago. And when you have a child, as I know from experience, that changes everything. And you have to adjust. You have to adjust physically and mentally and logistically to the new realities of your life. I think it's inevitable that that puts work into perspective one way or another. I think it's inevitable that you are thinking about things differently than you were before you had a child. So what are some of the things or one of the main things that has affected the way you work because you now have a human who depends upon you all the time?
1: I will say before Catalina, my daughter, I did, I was the person that spent more hours at work. Mm-hmm. I and mean, it was hard for me to, to shut off work is never, you're never caught up. You're never done. Yeah. You're never done. Yeah. Um, uh, so I always chased the get caught up, get done feeling. And I wanted that. So at the end of the day, it was a little hard for me to turn off. Yeah. Um and I struggled with that and I was working on that. And you know, when I had Catalina I, and you you look at this person now that you are responsible for in, in every fashion you could think of, yeah. then that, that does put things into perspective. So you realize you have to realize you're never you're never going to be done officially, there's always going to be something to do. So there's always tomorrow to tackle yeah. this item.
0: Yeah. You have to decide that's enough for today. I'm going to leave fulfilled, even though if I didn't do everything, knowing that tomorrow exists and that's a good time to start tackling everything else.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it's taken a long time to get there. I'm, I, I was working on that before, but that was a 10 year path. And then having a baby kind of forces it upon you. And I have found that it does make me focus more throughout the day. I was generally focused um as it was, trying to, to knock things out and not miss a beat. But you know, once you realize okay, I am calling it a day at the at five o'clock or five thirty, then you Yeah. You you're, you're really you really dive in throughout the day and stay cut out all yeah. your distractions, stay focused.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it helps you prioritize because, you know, you're not probably getting the laptop back open when you have a human that needs your attention. So, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Last question. Um, The last 16 months have been a learning experience for all of us. It's one of the reasons this podcast exists is because it was a child of the quarantine and the pandemic and thinking differently about how we work and build relationships and all those things. What did you take away from the pandemic, from quarantine, a lesson that has stuck with you and you think will stick with you throughout your career?
1: The main thing I took away is, you never know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So you, you might have a plan for the, that day, that week, that month, but anything could happen that changes your situation temporarily or permanently. So you really just gotta go with the flow. Yeah. And, and not let a stumbling block totally throw you off. like you need to to bounce back, figure it out, recalibrate, keep going.
0: Yeah, well, and I think it's one of the things that in a you know this is a very small example, but it creates some real stresses, but it also creates a new sense of possibility because if if you don't know what's gonna happen, why not try Trello and see what's going to happen? Why not change the way we do things? Because who knows what you're going to be dealing with in, in a couple of years. So I think it's a it's obviously a really challenging time for a lot of people, but it's also a time where if you're fortunate fortunate enough to be able to think differently, it's a good time to try new stuff.
1: So. Yeah, when your world gets turned upside down, you have to look at it from a different perspective. It's one yep. of the... The quotes I've read from a book along the way, and I think everyone realized that, that you either needed to view it from a different perspective or you're sinking right now.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, I think that is a good place to end our conversation because you have to go and do operation stuff. You have to tell us all how to do web processes and it's mandatory. So we both need to be there. So I'm going to end there. Well, Tiffany, thank you. As always, this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate hearing your story. And thanks to everyone who took the time to listen to this episode of the Asher Marketing Podcast. We will be back next week with another great guest and we hope you will join us then.
1: Thank you.